didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. Few things in the world inspire the imagination more than the open sea. Tales of monsters, lost civilizations, humanoid creatures, and paranormal, if not biblical, weather phenomenon have a longer history of being proven as right through the hindsight of modern science than they do as being debunked. So what do we say when our modern stories and older folk tales separated by culture politics, and time share uncanny connections to one another. Such things as well-documented cases of strange encounters with detailed witness testimony taken down and recorded close to, if not during, the event. I would say, if nothing else, the stretch we need to make in order to rationalize them as coincidence or an elaborate hoax often pushes us, our imagination, farther to the fringe than the original folktale asks you to. Our show today takes us from the shores of samurai-era Japan to the desert plains of Nevada in the American Southwest, not by boat, but by breadcrumbs. We are the Black Cat Report, and this is the fascinatingly strange tale of the Utsuro Bune. What does that mean? Hello, everyone, and what... <laughs> Utsurabune, it means um, hollow boat, hollow ship. Mm. Yeah. Utsuro literally means like hollow or like empty, and uh, bune means like ship or boat. Oh. So hollow boat, hollow ship. Yeah. Um, What is this episode about? Oh, you gonna find out, girl. God damn it. (laughs) The script here, the script here, got your answer. So. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Black Cat Report. Yay! <laughs> we made it past 20. Tw- Y'all, we are legal. Yo! <laughs> what? <Bruh>. <laughs> <laughs> we are legal. <laughs> My name is Gil, and with me today are the incredible co hosts of the show, Betsabe. Hola. And Selena. Hello. Joey, unfortunately, um, slash fortunately, slash uh, super excited for him, is out this evening, finishing up the last day of recording vocals for his group Straw House, which we will be including a link to in this episode's show notes. So make sure to hop over there and give him a listen and follow if you dig it, which I'm sure you will. Yeah, great music. Yeah, for real. Also, their music video, not gonna lie. Kind of fucking awesome. Just want to throw that out there. Just really, really good. Probably the best music video out there. Yeah. It's like not even a music video. It's not even a movie. It just is an epoch. It is. It is. It is. You know? Just is. Like Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, they just are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the video which the music happens to be correlated to. So. Yeah. Well. Today's story brings us to Japan in the year 1803 with the Shogun, who's basically a military dictator ruling over the country by the blade of the samurai. 
to put this further into context, it was a full 74 years before, as outlined in the documentary, The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise would come in and save everyone. Yay, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I love him. <laughs> um, hi, Tom. I, hi, Tom. Well, jokes aside, um, this is the time period you are probably picturing when you think of Samurai Era Japan, right? It, would, yeah. it wouldn't be for another 64 years that the Shogun would be knocked down a few steps and Imperial rule would be restored in 1867. But I digress from the history lesson. Let's get to the strangeness. It was on February 22nd, 1803, off the eastern coast of Japan in a region now known as Ibarake Prefecture that a crew of fishermen would spot something strange bobbing up and down among the freezing waves as they pulled in their nets. At roughly 18 feet wide, it was huge and round, with the appearance of a wide-mouthed bull floating upside down. Curiosity spread fast amongst the crew, and when one of the fishermen yelled out what they were seeing, the captain didn't hesitate in ordering the men to drop everything they were doing and to sail over so they could take a closer look. As they drew near, and the object began to come into focus, they noticed the visible portion floating above the water was made of what they assumed to be a rosewood painted red. While along the wider periphery, there were strange windows made of either glass or crystal. This is a big deal. Now, why do I point this out? Well, because of the Shogun's strict isolationist policies, it wouldn't be until the mid to late 1800s that Japan first saw widespread use of glass. This is why, still to this day, the white waxed paper windows and doors are still commonly used between rooms inside of Japanese homes. Mm, yes, interesting. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I literally did go down a rabbit hole researching the history of glass in Japan, and I'm not ashamed to say <laughs> that it's actually pretty damn awesome and tied to a lot of important points in history. Like, it's like why is Japan like one of these like only places where there's like these wax white paper doors and they're like incorporated in all of architecture and stuff like that. And it was, like, mm -hmm. policies going into, like, the mid to late 1800s where, like, the Shogun, basically, they were so isolationist because, like, before the Shogun popped in and the samurai rule kind of, like, popped in in the country, um, Christianity started to spread. And part of the reason why they got into a military dictatorship was the Shogun was basically like, no, 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 no. Fuck that shit. Fuck these Europeans coming in with this shit. We're kicking all you motherfuckers out. We're si we're keeping our we're keeping ourselves Japanese. Like fuck this other shit. And they were like super 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 hardcore isolationist. Well, naturally that led to things like um craftsmanship not spreading into the country. So for hundreds of years, we're talking like the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, right? Um while windows and things like that were going past the, the classic like cathedral right the catholic like uh pane windows and stuff like that or stained glass windows like while they were evolving from that into clear windows in japan they were still sticking with waxed paper windows because they kicked out all the motherfuckers that were developing that 
And so they were hundreds of years behind it. And that kind of, um, in current day, that kind of brought it up to the point of like mid to late 1800s where like people were still using it as considered traditional, you know, life has formed around it. And so even still to this day between bedrooms and like houses and stuff, they still have those classic, you know, light wood bamboo doors with wax, like white paper between them. And like, mm-hmm. that's why that's a thing. I, I thought that was fucking cool as hell. And I was like, oh, this makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. And fun fact, um, on top of this, Bets Bay, um, is the wax paper's porous. And since uh, Japan has, uh, um, there's a belief, there a cultural understanding where it's just like, you can always take off more layers of clothes when it gets hot, right? Um, or sorry, uh, you can always put on more clothes when it gets cold, right? To get warmer. But you can't, you can only take off so many layers of clothes when it gets hot. And so... Mm-hmm. Literally one of the most commonly searched questions on Google around uh, Japanese like windows and houses is why are Japanese homes so cold, right? <laughs> and oh, wow. and um, the the wax paper windows in houses were meant to allow moisture to come in and out during the very intense summers, right? And so in the winter they were like. We can heat up a single room. We can heat that room really fucking like well. We can keep people comfortable. Everything's everything's Gucci, um, uh, and like everything's fine. And then in the summer, these wax paper windows actually allow humidity and stuff to transfer outside of the house, and so it helps like to to um, handle humidity, which is something that um, landlords in North Carolina who refuse to install central air could really stand to learn. <laughs> So, anyways, <laughs> had to take a jab. Um, but, anyways, moving past that, this is no, why. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's such it's... an interesting thing to know. And they're like saving money and electricity. Mad money, bro. Like, um, yeah. Spectrum or whatever the fuck our pl- Dominion, right? Fuck them. <laughs> fuck our gas company. Okay, mm-hmm. like. They don't need the money. We just need wax paper yeah. windows. Um, nah, I'll be down. I'm down, right? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it back slash over. Um, so once they did um, pull alongside of this weird thing that was floating in the water, a member of the fishing crew leaned over to the edge of the ship and knocked on the side of this craft with his knuckles, right? so Braver than I am. Right. Well, the important thing here is the moment that he knocked, it was obvious to everybody that it was hollow. Mm. So you have this massive, massive thing floating in the water that's completely hollow. And it has windows, which for the people of the small fishing community, they had no goddamn clue what the hell, like where the hell this would have came from. Like windows weren't a thing, right? Glass was barely a thing. In, in feudal Japan at this point. So the fact that there was like windows on this weird semi-smushed Christmas ornament looking thing floating in the water was like, what the hell are we looking at, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, whatever the plans for the day that they had were thrown out completely by this anomaly now within reach. 
Moving with an understood intent, the men began using the nets, ropes, and materials at their disposal to attach this object to the ship and to bring it into shore for further, further investigation, which who the hell wouldn't do it at that point? Mm-hmm. Be like, I'm mm-hmm. taking this ship back to land. I'm going to look at this motherfucker. Right. Once they finally had it near the beach, the men began the awkward and undoubtedly strenuous process of pulling this massive thing onto land. Yikes. It would have been around... <laughs> it's a pain in the ass, yeah. right? So it would have been like it would have been around then. I was gonna say I would have been like slap some wheels under that thing. I know, right? Just yanking it out. So yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been around then, and this this just kind of goes with what you're saying that it got even more awkward. So you have this large upside down, like picture like the wide mouth bowl, like the. Uh, the one that you use at home for spaghetti, not the one that you use at home for cereal, right? Like, we have those two different kinds of bowls in our houses, right? The wide mouth ones. I use ones. the same bowls. Blasphemer. You're a fucking monster. Blasphemer. <laughs> Blasphemer. But picture if you're a sane, normal human being and you have a wide mouth bowl <laughs> in <me>. your house. <laughs> picture that just floating and bobbing. In waves, like really intense winter waves. Again, this is like February. So it's like very intense winter waves in the goddamn Pacific Ocean. And it's huge. Like, you really don't know what's below the waves until you start to pull it short, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. So it was around this time that they finally got into the coast, right? They start finally got into shore that they would have been able to finally see or get a good view of what the true shape of this this thing actually was. Now, to put this into American math, it's as long as a 2023 Ford F-150 extended cab and as tall as 66 Big Macs, but it looks like a plump apple pie still in the tin. Okay. Is this like Noah's Ark? <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about Noah? Am I no. missing something here? <laughs> no, no, you got it. I just, I just know that if I would have done it in the, in the, the, the measurements that were given to me on the internet and reported, um, our show would have been canceled because we would have done <laughs> meters. We would have done everything in meters, and people would have been pissed. So yeah. it's as it's as long as a Ford F one fifty extended cab and as tall as sixty six Big Macs. This thing is huge, right? And yeah. in other words, at eighteen feet wide and ten feet tall, the object was shaped almost like a diamond, with the bottom, the the water facing side, covered in metal paneling, assumingly to protect it from breaking as it hit against rocks along the shore, right? Anyways, it was large, weird, and hollow, and as any human anywhere in the world would, the men wanted to know what the hell was inside. And so they started peeking through the windows. They could see there was strange writing along the interior walls that seemed to match the strange symbols wrapped around the outside of the ship, the craft, the thing they just pulled ashore. But besides this, nothing. They knew it was large, and it was an open room, but they couldn't actually see what all was in it. 
Well, at some point, in poking and prodding around the outside, somehow a hatch opened up on the top of the object, and the men ran to look inside. It was well built, comfortable, with bedding and sheets, like a, like a cabin in a modern-day yacht. There was a bottle That's of water. Cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a bottle of water. Partially eaten cake, meat, and in the loose translation of the men who were there at the time, a gorgeous five-foot-tall red-headed white woman with white hair extensions. White hair what? extensions? <laughs> yes. She sounds crazy. There is a, there is a five-foot-tall <laughs> white lady who... All of the men at the time agreed was drop dead gorgeous. Ooh. With white hair extensions. Yeah, she sounds cool. Betsabate, this is your option. This is your chance to throw in to plug your influencer friend, who also happens to be about five foot tall and redheaded with pale skin. Not to knock somebody for being pale. But like literally, like I was doing this and I was like, da 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 And I was like, wait a second. I know an Instagram influencer who follows us who literally fits this bill. Who would play her? Who would play her? She's totally an influencer. How is she an influencer? I was so confused. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I will send you photos. Influencers, like, get paid and stuff. And they influence. Well, she should be an influencer. She should get paid, yeah. But she yeah. doesn't post or sells anything besides just the dog. The influencer for hire, Betsabe's friend, go. <laughs> oh my god, Victoria, we're talking about you, obviously. <laughs> if you're listening, I you better be listening. <laughs> this, is, this is you. She would love this too. Like she would love to be in a movie about this Utsuru Bune, or how do you say it? Utsuru Bune. Utsuru Bune, and she would be like the perfect actress for this like movie. Just come out with her tiny dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But say like soul. <laughs> that's about you. Later in our uh, a fan of the show, a hardcore fan of the show, um, and your friend. Um, literally meets the description of like a bunch of dudes get together and they're like, oh my God, like gorgeous, five foot tall, white, redheaded woman steps out of the ship. Like this is what happened, right? That's so, badass. With white hair extensions. With so, like, white hair extensions. Yeah. yeah Victoria wild. needs to get some white. Yeah. Yeah. No. That'll be really cool. She's okay, so how do clubs. they know there were extensions? Like, did they look at her hair and, like, find out that there What were if extensions? her hair was just cut short and then she just had, like, long white strands coming out? What if it just looked jacked up? I know. It's like... And they're like, she's so why hot. Why is it, like, extensions? I know. Like, she's all look. jacked up. She's like, look, I got into a fight with a weed eater. <laughs> I know. This... It's been a long day. Long month. <laughs> See how yeah. it was trapped inside of that hollow cork? Well, some shit happened before then. And let me tell you, 
<laughs> I know. There's not even like, was there a bathroom, a shower in there? This poor lady. I, I have been wondering that this whole time. Um, there I has think been about stuff like that all the time. I do she too. Doesn't poop. I've been She's like, a lady. Like, Does she go to the bathroom? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, true, Ladies true. don't poop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But and she just oh, she pee. She just pees in the corner. <laughs> yeah. But but respectfully. The whole thing is like, a corner because it has no corners. <laughs> Why do I go to a round church so the devil can't corner me? But um <laughs> Oh, that's a bad joke. It's so old. Um anyways. Um <laughs> Nice try. Also like how did she, where did she get the extensions from like where did she buy them and like i feel like back then they that wasn't like a thing boom there we go exactly this is weird for a number of reasons so while she she everybody all of the historical records and there's actually a for it being a, a kind of like isolated fishing village um, a number of miles north of of Tokyo in feudal Japan, there's actually like a lot of documentation around this event. Like, um, and I'm, I swear I'm getting to a point here. Um, <laughs> there's a book that's called like um, Castaways or something like that, and it, it translated from Japanese. It's like you know, like Castaways or like shipwrecks or something along those lines. Oh and my it, god! So the movie and it, with Tom Hanks. Exactly, Tom Wilson. Hanks. Is no, but and Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. But there, but there's, <laughs> there's a number of, um, uh, shipwrecks that are documented in this book that came out like, what would it be, eight years later, nine years later in Japan. Every single other one of the incidences that are, or the events that are recorded in this book. Have all these documents around them. They have all these like these citations of like ship logs, like when the ship left and when this happened, da 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 da. All these follow up. And this story, right? The Utsuro Bune, like this story is the only one that people want to question. And it's it, it kind of pushes it, it pushes skepticism in the sense of like, why would this book be published around only true events? And just randomly include some fake shit. Mm-hmm. Because like every single other fishing village, every single other place, guess what? They weren't immune to the fact of like the fisherman's tale. They weren't immune to the stories of the high seas. They weren't immune to crazy shit happening out in the ocean and stuff like that. So why would Utsurobune, like why would this one stand out? Why would they be like, oh, we'll let this one in, but fuck all you other guys. Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, literally every single other one of, like, a hundred and something recorded events. Yeah. Totally legit. They can track it. It's fine. And then Utsurobune. they the hot lady. Boom. <laughs> but, but, um, but there's that. And then there's the, the Shogun's, like, uh, personal like retainer somebody who's like working directly to the shogunite right who like basically if in this day and age um if it's a long stretch but reported directly to the president was there recording everything he was one of the folks i and i just sent this over to bet space selena you saw this earlier 
but like the artwork around the event. He was one of the people that was there that documented this in terms of like going around the village and getting everybody's notes on things. Now to get back to the hair extensions, which I know every one of you want to know about. Um, Where she get yeah, that, that is dress, a thing. You want to know where she get that drip. <laughs> right. Also, if you haven't seen the Japanese film from the mid two thousands called Hair Extensions, watch it. It's one of the best, most unique, and my goddamn favorite Japanese horror film that's ever been made. Hair Extensions is great. I've only heard of one other person that has seen it and they literally had the theme song for it as their ringtone on their phone and that's how we became friends. Her hair extensions. Every single one of the sailors that saw this woman, right? They're, they're peeking through basically like this like old school like submarine looking thing and they see this woman and pops up. Tiny little woman tiny little woman in the sense that she's literally half the height of the room right <laughs> 10 foot tall ceiling she's foot foot tall um <clears throat> every one of them agreed they weren't natural it wasn't natural hair didn't fool anybody and their best guesses across multiple stories was that it was either fur or some type of fabric oh right? but everybody was like something's added to her hair we don't know what the fuck it is, but something's added to her hair. There's white extensions on her red hair. Also, red and white, good look. So, um, it reminds I'm just going to say, that's a, that's a con- it's a contrast. Mm. It's a contrast, and I'm here for it. So, yeah, Ginger Spice did that shit. Yeah, and yeah. look how successful she was. She was wearing an elaborate gown made of materials none of the men there could recognize. And while they were looking at her, fascinated, she calmly, with a polite confidence, began speaking to them. The only issue was no one could understand a thing she was saying. They couldn't even loosely place a region or country to the words she was using. Oh, snap. I just, I straight up, like, I just picture her as just being like, um, pick up after yourself. Help me with the dishes. And then, like, the guy is just being like, I literally have no clue what she could be possibly saying right mm-hmm. now. Never heard those words before. What is she possibly saying? This this woman makes no sense. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. They, we want her. But, like, what is she saying right now? And she's like, Seriously, could you help me with the trash? And they're just like, I, t- foreign. She's foreign. That's all I can say. Well, yeah. <laughs> now to I add, she was a- like German. Anyways, so <laughs> now to add a little more intrigue to this story, we have to point out in her hands, she was holding a rectangular wooden box. It was a light colored wooden box. As the fishing crew along the shore made eyes at the box, the woman pulled it closer to her. Well, she was polite in literally every way and non-threatening. It didn't take understanding her language to know going near the box was off limits, right? So she was making mm-hmm. a very strong impression of like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, don't matter language, don't matter culture, don't matter time period, don't matter exposure to other cultures, uh-uh. Like it was, huh. it was clear she had a large-ish 
rectangular wooden box. Get the fuck away from my wooden box. Look at my ship. Look at me. We can try to talk. Everything's totally great. Everything's Gucci. Don't fucking go near this box. (laughs) Me with my Amazon packages. Oh, no. I fucking stab a motherfucker. That's the only reason why I got a knife in my jean pocket every goddamn day is for my uh, Amazon addiction. Anyways. um, (laughs) That's right. So, regardless of the awkward tension around her box, they decided to leave the weird craft. Thank you, somebody, for catching that joke. They decided to leave the weird craft on the beach and escort the woman into town. Sure they this- did. <laughs> so, they just straight up, like, you know, she she popped out of the top, out of the hatch or whatever. She came out. And they all were just like, all right, we're going into town now, basically. After, I'm sure, a lot of awkward, like, trying to translate meanings for things. They were like, okay, we'll go into town, you know. I wonder if they would have done the same thing if she wasn't hot. You know, like, if she was just, like, some not hot lady, they probably would have been just like, "Mm, okay, bye. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I I think at this point she had, like, Ferrari status. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like she straight up like pulled up to their beach in the equivalent of like a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> like this is like some intense, very perfectly like immaculately built like rosewood painted craft with like steel plates lining the bottom, like a whole goddamn like bedroom that's as nice as a house on the inside. She just pulled up on shore, like. Especially at a time where it's still, I mean, and it would be definitely later, like under debate about like um, prince and princess and like royalty as like being the most Mm -hmm. legitimate heir, right? Because this is before the their military rule, the samurai rule, right? The shogun rule um, lost to people that wanted to to bring back imperialism, that wanted to bring back uh, an emperor. Right. So like mm-hmm. whoever the fuck's got something that nice is royalty. Right? Yeah, and like, like, she definitely has money. Oh. Oh yeah. Like Rosewood, that much Rosewood. I I used to make plugs back in the, I'm getting super sidetracked here. I used to make like plugs like for your ear like gauges whatever. Um <clears throat> Rosewood is a bitch to work with. Like no joke. Rosewood is such a I remember that. I haven't made it in 10 years. I haven't messed with it. Oh, my and God. Like, you should definitely get back into that. I'll, I'll buy some. The Your hell ears aren't have stretched. <sighs> they are. I mean, they're not like they used to, but I can definitely get back into it if I really wanted to. I have very stretchy ear gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, I used to work with Rosewood a little bit and, like, holy shit that wood like i don't know why you would need steel plates on a ship if you were using that wood like rosewood is so intense right um thick woods dense woods are that way because they take longer to grow obviously more more matter more buildup and stuff like that like an oak tree is denser than a maple tree maple trees grow really quick oak trees take forever um Welcome to the listener break. 
Thanks for listening to the Black Cat Report and the episode on the Utsurubune, or Hollow Ship. We appreciate all the feedback we've gotten from you on our episodes, and so keep liking, reviewing, and subscribing. We want to bring you the best podcasts that we can, and every little bit helps. Now let's get back to the seaworthy adventure. Yeah, so regardless of the awkward tension around our box, they decided to leave the weird craft on the beach and escort the woman into town. With the same calm composure and careful protection of her box, she walked with the fishermen into town. The plan was very simple. Find the village elders and ask them what the hell they should do. This is a weird situation, right? You just found a lady floating out at sea with a ship or thing that you mentally can't even process, right? And, like, what do you do? <laughs> you know? want <laughs> Hit up the oldest person in town and be like, so, uh, you ever see this before? Well... In the meantime, waiting on the elders to get to where they took the strange woman, a crowd began to gather. Now, this was the eastern coast of Japan, facing the Pacific Ocean, meaning the closest real landmass the woman could have came from would have been thousands of miles away. Like... And again, this was during an intense period of isolationism in Japan. For a lot of these folks, this may have been the first time they had ever seen a human with her features. And even by today's standards, the way she arrived wasn't exactly normal. Okay, so, so like, for uh, the, the Shogun period began in the 1600s, right? Where they were like, Fuck you, outsiders, get the fuck out. Y'all are spreading Christianity and a bunch of other bullshit. We don't want nothing to do with that. This was the 1800s. So 200 years-ish of, like, Europeans get the fuck out. You're limited to this space, da-da-da, influence, this and that and the other. A white lady showing up? What the fuck? Right? In a rural fishing village. Okay, not normal. Let me put it that way. It's like... The Little Mermaid in the future. Loki, future Little Mermaid in the past. <laughs> so, and, and so while they waited, everyone began to speak their two cents, right? So what they should do and why. And, and so the stranger sat, listening to the heated conversation bouncing back and forth in the room. And all she really had, assumedly, right, at the time was like the tones and the expressions to help her vaguely translate the situation. She didn't know their language either. Right. She's just watching people in a room as villagers are coming in, staring at her, looking at her as a spectacle and just like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. She's just sitting there with her box, right? (laughs) With her box. Um, All this kept going on until the elders finally came. And here's where a strange moment in the village's history gets compared to an even stranger moment in the village's history. In some far-fetched but still relevant way, there actually was a living memory of something like this happening before this moment. 
So it was like déjà vu. S- sort of. You see, a um a woman years and years and years and years and years ago had washed ashore with a man's head attached to a board. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Woman washed ashore mysteriously with a man's head literally attached to a board. And this is what the elders remembered happening. Damn. It was her lover's head. How romantic. And from right and from what the town was able to gather at the time she had been cast into the ocean as punishment with her lover's head in hand as a means of keeping her company on a fateful farewell voyage into the next life she had committed a huge huge faux pas she had cheated on her royal husband a prince a king whoever the fuck and had this lover, it was caught, it was public, and basically the folks were like, look, like, we gotta do something about this, but, like, and fuck this dude, he's, like, lower class, chop off his head. But, like, anyways, princess, so we gotta do something about this, and by something about this, it's like, here's his head, good luck, babe. And they just, like, (laughs) put her ass out to sea. This was, (laughs) right? Um, as much as we want to like HBO it, right? Like this was semi an acceptable practice at the time, right? It really so, wasn't a, a jump in culture to be like, oh, that's what you guys do? Okay. Like that was a thing. Was this in the same town? This, what the, years, when years this and years, years and years and years and years earlier, way before the memory of any of the, the fishermen that found this craft, right, this thing in the water, this Damn, had so happened. This is a ghost. Straight up. Like, and and the elders were all like, I remember this happening before. Let me tell you about it, kiddos. And, like, told <laughs> the town about the situation while this white lady was just there, just nodding her head, like, yep, yep. What, what are you saying? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and so, like... It was an awkward moment, right? This is a really weird moment, right? Well, yeah, she's like, remember when you guys did this to me? Well, I'm back. So basically <laughs> the idea was um, that this this royalty, right? This queen, this princess, this whoever, um, had been sent off into sea as her final farewell with her lover's head. And it was a way of kind of just like saying like, hey, we're not mad at you, but this is our culture. This is what we have to do. And they sent her off into the ocean to to die, quote-unquote, like naturally, right, at the sea. I can't imagine if they were mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it kind of sounds like I would rather they would be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. It sounds quicker. Honey, no. <laughs> Honey, no, we're just yeah. disappointed. We're just disappointed. Yeah. So... <laughs> so the elder dropped this story of like, hey, this happened before. This some lady washed up, right? And she had her lover's head. And with all of the rumors and everything and the, the speculation around what was in the box and why she was protecting this box so closely, um, everybody assumed immediately with the story that whatever the fuck was in the box was probably her lover's head 
right? Um, well, how big was this little box? It was the size you could fit a head in. Let me put it that way. Oh, okay. So, so it was it was a it was a decent sized box, but it was small enough she could carry it everywhere, right? So it was like it was it was present and people were aware. That's the best way I can put it. Okay. And so, with this in mind, um, of what the elders told, his view of the likely situation played out in front of the town. Maybe the woman was a princess from another land. She had an affair with a man from a lower class, and while she needed to be punished for her crimes, the people loved her maybe too much. And when they sentenced her to death, they set up this elaborate situation. They, they built her a ship. They sent her off to sea. All these, these types of things that we would consider overly romantic now, right? Where it's just like some grand fairy tale of a situation. Well, this was like kind of news. This was kind of like reality back in the day. And this is why they built her a ship, gave her this food, and set her out to sea, letting time deal her final punishment. Further, the old man added that to look at this decision as humanitarians is cruel. To look at this from the view of destiny is right. So so the town kind of accepted this viewpoint of like, hey, we don't want to do this. We just met her. She seems really nice. She's super pretty, you know. Um, we don't want to put her back out to sea, but like this is fate. This is destiny, and we're kind of like we're a truck stop getting in the way of it right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is what happened. And um and after a very brief discussion, it was finally determined that the best course of action was to cast her back out to sea, back on her way. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this was the only correct the decision oh that gosh. the town could make. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, hey, you just got here, but you got to go back. What if it was her fate to be found? I know. What if it was her fate to be you found? idiot. I... It's weird, y'all. I'm just gonna say, like, like there's so many like guiding principles this time that, like, yeah, it may have been her fate to be he found. Just not right. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it, this is one of those stories where it's just like I'm glad I'm bored in the time period I'm born in. Um, and really, yeah, there's <laughs> there's not a lot of stories that make me feel that way. I'm gonna give credit to that. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, yeah, you know what, actually. It's okay right now. Um, yeah. you know. So This whole story just sounds like an anime. Low-key, yeah. Well, <laughs> so the villagers, mm -hmm. uh, they took her back and followed her. And the thing is, is like she walked with like no hesitation back to her ship. Like it wasn't like she was like Aww. fighting and, you know, like her, she was having to be held down or anything. She walked back with them, got into the ship, and... She just sat inside as they closed it back up to the best of their abilities, this craft thing that she was on. So she just, like, came out, got some food, went to the bathroom probably, and then just went back to the ship. Loki, yeah. Yeah, they were quite literally a rest stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, they, they stood watch. Um, this was a little solemn. 
Uh, they they stood watch as the current caught the craft and took her further and further away, eventually out of sight. And if not for multiple historians of the area, um, or of the era, out of mind, right? Now, here is the connection where the needle is threaded. Okay, so I, I told you at the beginning, Roswell, Kecksburg, these other UFO events, right? Like, why the fuck does this relate to this random situation of folklore in feudal Japan? Well, the symbols documented as being seen on the outside and inside of the strange floating craft match many of the symbols claimed to have been seen on the craft at the famous Rendlesham UFO incident and the Kecksburg UFO incident and Roswell. Dun, dun, dun. So we have Rendlesham. We have Rendlesham Mm -hmm. happening in the UK in the 1980s. We have um, Kecksburg happening in Pennsylvania in a year, I can't remember. And we have Roswell happening in 1947, right? So we have multiple parts of the planet. The US is, is literally massive. We have multiple different points in the planet, multiple different points in history where the symbols that were documented back in the early 1800s, just a couple years after the story of this woman appearing and this ship, and this craft and everything like that, and what they documented meticulously at the time, those same symbols showing up later, later, later at some of the most well-documented UFO events in history. Now, if the first two names don't ring a bell, don't worry. We will 100% be covering them. If Roswell doesn't ring a bell, I don't know how to help you. Mm. But seriously, though, <laughs> the famous Kecksburg UFO incident, the, the, the craft depicted there, right? It, how do I put this? There's literally a memorial to this day in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, where the craft landed, where this major UFO event happened. The craft itself, the memorial, looks almost identical to what was depicted in the 1800s. And the symbology on the side of it looks almost identical to what they recorded later. This is why there's a connection to all of this, where it's just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, there's a white lady that shows up. It's kind of weird. She doesn't speak their language. It's this and that. And, and, and they just put her out to sea. Um, it blurs the line to me between, like, what is um, what is exaggerated and what is folklore, right? Like, what is mm-hmm. what has been told in a way over generations that people have tried to find the words to relate to whoever they're telling it to. And that's eventually got written down. Like it blurs that line and what literally happened because the symbols themselves were written down early. The story was recorded much later. And so her cake, her meat, her food that was inside of the ship, the way she appeared, the fact that she had extensions, the fact that the clothes didn't make any sense, the fact that they had a difficult time understanding the materials that the ship was made from, that pushes uh, me as a researcher to being like, a UFO makes more sense because 
unrelated, completely unrelated, before the story reached our continent here in North America, like, stories identified the same shit happening over and over and over and over again across across the continent, right? And, like, especially in, like, 1947, U.S. wasn't exactly huge on Japanese folklore. In 1947, that was like just a little bit after we dropped an atomic bomb on Japan. Really not huge (laughs) fans on culture at the time, right? Definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, and and so to say that somebody at the time was, uh, at the time of uh, Roswell was trying to to hoax Roswell and connect it to the story to make it more mysterious, make it deeper, there's... No way in fucking hell that they were able to make this connection. Just straight up. Mm-hmm. There was this is this was a very isolated uh folkloric kind of like uh story that, that took place that happened there that was very well documented. And the symbols, um, which I keep speaking of, picture uh I'll try to include these in show notes if you go to our website, but but picture like a triangle, right? Okay. And then yeah. at Random points in the triangle, there's circles attached going around. Okay. Right? But the exact position, the exact angle, the exact everything match up identically with what was recorded in 1803, 1907, or sorry, 1947, um, the late 1960s, and 1980s between these different UFO events. And these UFO events, again, are some of the most well-documented UFO events in history, some that are still constantly debated over, which means, in my mind, like there might be something there, right? Nobody's been able to debunk them. They're pretty damn good. There's so many books dedicated to them. And that's what kind of stands out in all of this, is like, was this, was this event an early encounter with an alien, with a UFO. Mm-hmm. A very pretty alien. Very pretty alien, right? But, like, was this th- literally one of the earliest recorded UFO encounters in Japan, an alien encounters in Japan? And because of their isolationist history, because of U.S. relationships with them, like, um, during world war ii right not exactly best friends um was this kind of just kept off to the side right Mm -hmm. it's the symbols that tie so many things together and if you look up the uh utsuro bune u-t-s-u-r-o-b-u-n-e if you google that just google image search that I guarantee you the immediate images you will find, you're going to be like, that's a fucking UFO. Mm-hmm. Like just straight up, like Betsy Bay earlier in the show, she's like, that looks like a UFO. Like it is a goddamn UFO. And the way that the inside of the craft was explained, the fact that it was like glass windows around the outside and they could barely see in and there's symbols all around the, it matches y'all. And then go and look up the uh, the Kecksburg UFO. Don't worry about spelling. I've I'm terrible at spelling. Google has corrected me a million times. Look up the Kecksburg UFO incident. It looks like an acorn, and it <laughs> yeah. matches almost identically to the ship. 
And then the symbols on it match almost identically to each other. And they're like 200 and something years apart. This is why I wanted to deliver this very, very, very short, tiny, but I I would argue very interesting story to y'all today. Is like, I can't speak of what any of this means, but in my mind, for there to not be a link would be even more wild than the story itself. I can see this whole story as like an anime show. (laughs) This is building, y'all. This is building up to something that um, I could say us at the pod are very fucking excited to deliver to y'all. Yeah, no. Hint, hint. Uh, Definitely the connections and just like, um, like you were saying, um, the 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 ship looks like you know like they're um similar thank you yes <laughs> yeah 66 big max high one ford f-150 right extended cab long it's massive yeah that is so interesting but, but i the second you google it like um again i'm gonna spell this for y'all take a moment you T S U R O space B U N E. Google that. Look at the the um the historical records from the early eighteen hundreds from when a bunch of different people started recording this event. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be like two different stories that got mixed too. Like the lady could have just been a, a like a ghost, and then. Maybe people saw that, but it was just like the UFO itself, and then the lady kind of got added into it because of their town. I don't know. Yeah, there there is some really cool work being done by this um, this gentleman whose name escapes me right now, but he has been obsessed with the story for a long time, and um, he's been narrowing down this story for about 15 years. That's the version of the story that I tried to deliver to y'all. Mm. There's different variations. It's a 200, you know, over 200 year old, like, sea story. Like, guess what? There's variations. It's not surprising. But this one gentleman um, who might hit up and try to get on the show, if we can figure out a way to set up translation and stuff like that. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> He's been he's been doing some awesome work. Um and uh yeah, that's the version I'm trying to deliver here. Like we would There's need some an wilder versions. Eh, we'll figure it out as we go. Um we'll we'll hit up a fan, you know. We'll get somebody that's fluent in Japanese or maybe he's fluent in English. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but um I don't know. Yeah, shit. I ain't going to guess. He's really <laughs> smart. But um but yeah, I'd love to have him on the show. Um, and I, I do uh, loosely have it in the works to to get him on the show. And um, yeah, but this is a fucking fascinating story. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say is like, you want to go back to ancient aliens. You want to go back to like some like crazy shit. No, no, no. But you want to go back to like the roots of shit. And it's like, this is a goddamn UFO floating in the mm-hmm. water. Yeah. And there's a being that comes out. And this being, which any human being, I don't care what planet you're from, even if you were being punished 
for something that you agreed with, you would not walk willingly back to whatever craft to be set out to see with some cake and some meat and shit. I know. Like you'd be like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Thanks, you, thank you for bringing me into shore. So like, it's it's a weird situation, but so many people like agreed that it happened. That it was just like, huh, what mm-hmm. the fuck? And then we're looking at it hundreds of years before Roswell, and we're like, shit, that looks exactly like a UFO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, even in my artistic abilities these days, if I had to draw a UFO, it would look half as good as the shit that got depicted for the <laughs> Utsurobuno. Like, or the Utsurobune. Like, it, I wouldn't be able to come as close to, like, drawing a UFO as this depiction is. Um, and it connects to Rendlesham, wink, wink. And it connects to Kexburg, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And it connects to Roswell. Wink, I'm wink. not going to wink on that. We're never doing oh. a Roswell. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Y'all have so many show options. Don't, yeah, that, don't come to us for Roswell. There's no need. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah. Anyways, we love you guys. You guys are the best in the whole fucking world. I don't know what you thought about yourself today. I don't know what people told you about today. Like, when they when they looked at you and their, you know, their thoughts in your head, da 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 it doesn't fucking matter. The point is, you are the fucking best, and we love you. Aww. And um, always reach out to us. We're on Instagram, right? I never use Facebook. We're on Discord. We do use that. Um, hit me up on Twitter. I will get notifications. And um, you guys are the fucking best audience on the planet. And thank you so much for existing. And thank you. Happy goddamn holidays. And if it's not a holiday where you live, make it one, motherfucker. Thanks so much for listening to the Black Cat Report in our episode on Utsuro Bune. She sounds like one hot ghost FO. Or maybe UFOst. Anyways, keep listening, reviewing, and subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are live on Discord. The link is in our show notes, on our socials, and on our website. Please come chat with us and get exclusive pictures and content. You can also pitch show ideas there. We have so much content coming up for the holidays that our St. Nick bags are bursting at the seams. So we'll see you next week on the other side.